today we're going to talk about peace. And um, I think with all the things that are going on, and even this, this storm, um, there's just a, a need for peace. And the reason I say that, not just with the storm that's happening, but just in our life, this is what I find about me, and I think it's probably true of a lot of us, that if we're not careful, we can quickly, quickly uh, fall away from peace. I mean, we're doing fine, and then one little thing happens, and, and at that moment, we do not feel peace anymore. And sometimes it's not even a big deal. Sometimes it can be something very small that just robs us of our peace. And we're going to find that you actually have peace with you all the time. But sometimes you can have something and not access it, not access it, not have it manifesting in your life. So, so how, do we, how do we understand this peace? How do we walk in this peace? And how do we even know what it is? And I'm going to tell you today, peace isn't just the absence of problems. And that's in the world, that's what it is. If there's nothing going on, a lot of times we, you know, when everybody's, you know, especially when your kids are little, and if you have little kids, you're going to know, you probably say this all the time. When the kids are gone and they're at school, you know, school started, now all the kids are out of the house, and you sit at home that first morning, and they're gone. The last one's on the bus, and you're like, oh, so peaceful, full of peace right here. And that's just because the kids are gone. It's, it's not that the atmosphere really changed. It's just quieter, and you're not having to run and gun and do all this stuff. So that does give you a sense of peace, but it's not the kind of peace God's talking about. Because the peace that God, that, that we talk about that comes from God, it's not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. That's different. When you have Jesus, you have peace. When you don't, then you don't. So the peace isn't, you know, we, that's why I think a lot of times we struggle with peace is because we always think peace comes in this form of everything's just quiet, everything's nice, we don't have any problems, there's nothing going on. Oh, it's just an easy, peaceful feeling, or whatever that song is. I don't even know if it goes like that, but if it does, I just added to it. If that's not the right words, then go with my version. It's better. Um, but it's, it, it is one of those that we just, we think that's peace. And what we're going to find as we go through this is peace can happen even when things are going crazy. That's God's peace. Because Jesus is with you. The Spirit of God is with you. Therefore, you have access to peace 24-7. Romans 14, verse 17 says this. It says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. All of these, and we'll talk about more of these, but the one we're focusing on today is peace. The kingdom of God is about living not only with goodness and joy in the Holy Spirit, but it's also about living in peace. It doesn't mean, and that's why I'm saying, again, sometimes we think peace means we don't have any concerns. You know, something happens or, or you know, somebody loses something or someone gets hurt and, or, you know, or we're concerned about our kids or something like that, that if we have any concern that we're not at peace. That's not what I'm saying. You can have concern and still be at peace because you know down deep it's going to be okay. But on the outside, there's still that, oh, man. I'm just, I'm nervous about that. You know, that's, that's my child. That's my friend. That's my mom. That's my dad. Whatever it is. So there's still times where you, there's concern, 
but there's always that presence of peace with it. And that's the kind of things that we're talking about, that we have that peace accessible to us all the time. So when we look, when we look at this peace, think about this. Think about peace in your own life. What would it look like for you to have peace as the down deep inside of you, to have the kind of peace in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your job, or just peace with you? Because some of the places we get so rattled is when we talk about ourselves and we deal with ourselves. And I can just tell you this, all of us, if we just focus on us, we're all messed up. We all have stuff. We all have insecurities. We all have troubles. We all have <clears throat> things that we face, just us, on our own. But when we, when we connect with God, then all of the us stuff has to submit itself to his stuff. And then all of a sudden, we become a lot more strong, a lot wiser, a lot more capable, a lot more um, focused. Everything comes, kind of comes into play. So we still have to, you know, walk through this piece. So let's look at a few scripture verses. Look at Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. This is what God is saying. This is what it's saying about God. We, he will keep us in perfect peace if we'll trust in him. All who fix their thoughts on him, you will be in perfect peace. And this, I love what it says here. It says, you will keep us in perfect peace. That's why I'm telling you it is possible for you to live your life in peace. Not just that day when you go to be with the Lord and you're resting in peace. I'm talking about what if, what if we just live in peace? What if when I die on my tombstone it says, still in peace? I hope that's not soon, but I'm saying whenever it is, still in peace. He lived in peace while he was here, and he's still in peace. Because peace isn't just at that time. Peace is now. He'll keep us there. Now, what I, what I found interesting is I read this, and, um, but there's like 15,551 verses in front of that verse and 15,551 verses after that verse. That is the center verse in the Bible. Now, I'll just be honest with you. I didn't go count. Okay? So if it's off, it's still a good thing. It's still a great verse. Um, but that verse, to me, it is, it is the, the foundation for us to live in peace. That God says he'll keep us there. All we got to do is keep our, keep our thoughts on him. Trust him. And we'll stay there. We'll stay in that place of peace. Uh, 1 Peter 3, verse 11. Turn away from evil. Do good. Search for peace. And it says this, work to maintain it. In other words, we want to continue to live this thing. We want to continue to live in a place of peace. And what we're going to find out in just a minute is the fact that, again, we never lose it. Sometimes we just don't use it. Oh, that was pretty good right there. Ah, that wasn't even playing. Psalms 119, verse 165, those who love your instruction, those who love the word, have great peace and do not stumble. Psalms 19 is all about the power of the word of God. Psalms 119, 9, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to the word? Psalms 119, 11, 
You know, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So there's all through in Psalms 119, you're going to hear references about the word and the instruction of the Lord and all this. And in this one, it's still saying, those who love your instruction, those who love your word, will have great peace. Well, great peace and not stumble. And the reason that is, is because when you get in touch with the word, you begin to really learn the God behind the word. And you realize you are so loved. You are so valuable to God that he, he wants to take care of you. He wants you to be at peace. That's, what he, that's his desire for you. So God is our source of peace. Let's look at a few scriptures about that. Romans 15, verse 33. Now may God who gives us what kind of peace? His peace. See, he doesn't give us, it's not the world's peace. He gives us his peace. His peace. And it'll be with us. That's God's gift to us. Is his peace. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Here's one way God brought peace to the earth. When Jesus was born, a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. When Jesus came, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You want to live in peace? Connect with the Prince of Peace. Connect with the Prince of Peace, and you will live, you will live a life in peace. I promise you. I promise you, because you'll find most of the time when you're not in peace, you, you have disconnected, not as far as relationally, but you have disconnected from connecting and processing and, and praying and talking to Jesus, and you're more focused on your situation. That's usually when the peace begins to, we begin to realize we're not walking in peace. It's because we begin to look the other way. We begin to look more at our stuff than God. Psalms 29 verse 11 says, the Lord blesses his people, he gives them strength, and he blesses them with peace. That's, that's from the Lord. He blesses us with peace. John 14 verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift. This is Jesus saying, listen, I'm leaving you with a gift. Of all the gifts he could have left them with, he already said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and peace of heart. There's a peace in your mind that a lot of times people never tap into and never understand. You know why? Because right here, we can overthink so much in our life. We can look at something, and we can also go worst-case scenario. We start thinking about all the what-ifs and all the how in the world and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, pretty soon, our mind is way down here. And yet, the situation is just right here. And if we just said, Lord, I need you to help me right here. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to do. But sometimes the more we, if we don't turn there first, then we've already, we're continuing to build this, this frustration and fear and anxiety and concern. And we're building on it and building on it to the point where it's, it's robbing us of our peace. It's robbing us of it. So he wants to, Jesus said, I want to give you this. I want to give you peace of mind and heart. So even in your heart, even down in your emotions, your feelings and in everything, you're, you're at peace. But God's kind of peace. And then it says, the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. That's what I was saying earlier. The peace that we, that we have access to, the world can't give it to you. I mean, you watch people. I'm, you know, if, if you're a, I'm a people watcher. I watch people all the time. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. If I'm at the mall, I'll just sit there and I just look at that. Oh, my goodness. What in the world? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh my, what, what in the world? 
Oh, they're miserable. Oh, what in the, you know, it's just over and over. That's all that goes through my head. I just watch them. When it's not good is when Patty and I are having dinner at a restaurant. We're like, yeah, she's telling me a story just about what she's been going through, what she's talking about, to, how was your day and all this. And, and I'm looking, but I'm, I notice the people behind her having a discussion about something. I'm like, do you know what he just told her? And she would respond with, do you know what I just told you? I'm like, no, because I could just watch. And I get, and you know what? It's so easy to go out there. But you know how I watch people? And there's people that just do not have peace today. There's people that are scared out of their mind. There's people that are going through all this stuff. And there's people that are reaching out and they're doing things and they're saying things. And a lot of it's coming from a place of fear and a place of unsettledness and a place where there's just not peace. And they don't have access to that peace. And they're searching everywhere and and all the different places they can to try to find it. And they're not finding it. And every time they watch the news or every time they hear a report or every time they start to think about things, they are just miserable. And it's because they're missing this kind of peace. And the sad thing is, is we have it. But sometimes we don't walk in it. So when they see us and we're not walking in a place of peace, then, then it's not attractive to them what we have because we're just as torn up as they are. So sometimes it's not, and it's not, it's not a slam to say, you guys, we all should be walking in peace. The thing is, is we have to be aware that our peace is, it's with us. But sometimes if we shift our focus to our stuff and to the problems, we tend to end up missing out on a lot of the peace that God has for us. Look at Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Holy, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, what's the third one? Peace. That, see, that's a fruit not of you. That's not a fruit of Scott. That's not a fruit of you. That's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life and you will allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, this is the kind of fruit that will be in your life. You don't have to sit there and struggle all morning trying to work up peace. You can't. You can't just sit there, come on, peace. Peace, peace, come on. It's not going to work. You're going to get so worked up, you'll be way out of peace by the time you finish. You know how peace comes? When you surrender to the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, Holy Spirit, I surrender my life to you today. Spirit, lead me. I want you to lead me today. If you're serious about that, you know what you're going to look like when you walk to, into your office? As a loving person, full of joy, full of peace, full of patience. Well, you don't know my boss. How can you be patient? Well, the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit can be patient with your boss, which means you can be patient. If you access the Holy Spirit, if you allow the Holy Spirit, if you give him the room to move in your life, and it's not some weird thing. And we're going to do a series pretty soon. I'm working on it now on the Holy Spirit because I think people have a lot of different views of the Holy Spirit. You start talking about things of the Spirit, you're like, oh, but what if? Listen, the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. If you saw something weird with the Holy Spirit, it was a person, not the Holy Spirit. So we got to make sure that we're open to the things of the Spirit, not in a weird way, but in a way of understanding the Spirit is the only one that can bring us that much peace. He's he's the only one. So we got to surrender to that. Romans 8, 6 says the same thing. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and what? Peace. 
So let me ask a question real quick. And this isn't a trick question, so don't be afraid to raise your hand. How many at some point this week you would say you were not walking with peace? Even if it was a matter of just a couple minutes. How many in the last month have had moments where you weren't in peace? Where you didn't feel peace? Right. So this, these are the things that we look at and we say, all right, Lord, in these moments, help me, remind me that i got to turn to you. Because it's not his desire that any of us would live one moment without peace. That's why he said, I will keep you in perfect peace. Listen, if you'll just trust me, I'll keep you in peace. I'll keep you in peace. Letting the Spirit of God lead us keeps us in peace. So, this peace that I just talked about, when all of us have these moments, how do we handle it? How do you handle those moments where peace seems to be absent? And this is the part that I really feel like the Lord is helping me to understand. And I think that he wants to help you understand. That you never, and I said it a minute ago, but you never lose your peace. You just don't use it. But you have peace. And sometimes if we recognize that we have it, we just, oh, you know what? I actually do have it. I used to keep $20 hidden in my wallet when I was younger. Um, and now I have kids and I don't even have $20. But when I, had, when I had $20, I would keep it in my wallet. And I would hide it. Even though I knew it was there, I would just hide it so it wasn't. Because if I have cash, it, it goes. I mean, I was like, oh, you know, I'm not. That's why I don't get it. I don't carry a lot of cash because I just spend it. And um, so I would always have this one hidden, though, for emergencies that I knew I wouldn't spend. I wouldn't use it for an emergency. And I remember one day, and this was a long time ago. I was, this was probably 15, 20 years ago or whatever. But I remember I was driving in. Uh, I, I, I ran out of gas. I actually had like, you know, and some of you, listen, if you do this, you have a gauge. I just want to tell you, E means it's done. When it gets there, you're done. Why you take it all the way to E before you think you should get gas? I have no idea. My wife, I love her. Where is, oh, she's not in here. Oh, now it makes it even better. She, I'll get in her car and I'm like, were you going to go anywhere today? Because you have no gas. So I'll fill her car up, you know, and then I'll bring it back. And then, you know, I'll, I, I'll drive my, I drive my truck all the time. But whenever I move in her car or doing something, every time I get in, it's like on E. And I'm like, do you just, like, stop going anywhere when it gets to E and leave it in the garage until I get in it? So I'll fill it up. Um, but I was like, when it gets it like a quarter of a tank, just fill it up. Because if you ever get stuck in traffic... And you're already on E, guess what? You're gonna be longer, even when the other rest of the traffic is gone, you're still gonna be there. So that's just a side note. Just a little 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 nugget of wisdom. Don't wait. But anyway, I waited. And I was right there at the E, and I could I knew I was, you know, I was I was at any moment everything was shutting off. But I got into the uh, gas thing and I just clicked pay inside and Started pumping gas. And, uh, and then I realized that I didn't have any money. And I, I didn't have my, my credit card. I, I don't know if we were, I think we are in the process of changing over. So it was that day or two where your old one is not working, you're waiting on your new one to come. And I realized, I'm like, I, I don't have any money. 
And I've already put money, I've already put gas in the car. So I, what do you do? I'm thinking, you know, I know I'm a pastor and all, but if I drive fast, they might not. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't think about that at all. So I went in and I said, hey, um, I just put gas in my car and I don't have any money. So can I borrow your phone? This was a long time ago, so we didn't have our cell phones. Um, so I remember calling a friend of mine and saying, hey, could you bring me some money? Uh, I, paid, I bought some gas, but actually I didn't buy gas. I just put gas in my car and they won't let me leave unless I pay them. So anyway, he brought me some money and it was, it was all good. Well, you know what happened a few, not, I mean, probably that day or the next day is all of a sudden I realized I have $20. So here's what happened. I realized that I had the money. So listen, I had everything I needed there at the gas station. But because I didn't remember I had it, I I couldn't access it and use it. And it's the same thing with peace. You have peace. You have the Prince of Peace. You have the Spirit of God in you who produces peace. So when you have a situation and everything's falling apart, you have to remember, instead of saying, Man, I, don't, I don't have what I need. i got to call somebody. i got to figure something out. You, oh, I can't believe I don't have it. You just have to remember, wait a minute. I have peace. It's available to me. And I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to use it. We have peace. Now, look at, look at these scriptures. John 14, verse 1. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. Remember Isaiah 26, 3. I'll keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in me. He's saying here, trust in God. That's how you don't let your heart be troubled. And again, I'm not saying that you're never going to feel any emotion of sadness or something like that. You will. But in those moments where it troubles you to the point of despair and you have no hope and all that, that's not. You're not supposed to do that. It's saying, listen, don't let it. Don't let it go there. So Jesus is actually saying, he wouldn't tell you not to let your heart be troubled if it was impossible for you. He's saying it because, listen, it is possible for you not to let your heart get that troubled to that point. And the way you do that is you trust in God. You trust in him. That's how you, that's how you allow yourself not to get so troubled. Can I just be really honest with you about it? And, and I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm talking about in general. Some of the most troubled, frustrated, angry people are Christians. And you have everything you need to not be. But we don't access it. And here we're saying, if we don't let our hearts be troubled, we could trust in God and he'll help us. Colossians 3, verse 12 through 17. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, right? Binds us all together. Look at verse 15. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. So listen to the first word, or the second on this one. And let, let the peace of God rule. In other words, give the peace of God permission to rule in your life. When you, and I've said this before, but when it says rule there, that the word rule, if you look in the Greek, it is the same word where we get the word umpire. So it's kind of referencing like what, what an umpire would be on a ball field. 
So if you played sports, you understand the most powerful person on the field is the umpire. They make the call. In the football games, the ref, they make the call. No matter how much you argue, no matter, you know, and when I played baseball and when I played softball, I was very, very competitive. And I've not played for about eight years now, and I think I'm working through that, so hopefully pretty soon we'll start playing church softball again. I don't know. But I was just very, very competitive. And I felt it was my job to correct every wrong decision the umpire made. So every time he made one, I would go out there, because when I was coaching our team, I would go out there. I was like, man, you missed it. You missed it. I wasn't even close. You, you missed it. Stevie Wonder would have called that better. You missed it. You, I can't believe it. That was a horrible call. And do you know not one time in all of my years did an umpire say, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, fine. He's safe. Never. You know what the umpire said? I made the call. Get back in the dugout or I'll throw you out of the game. Yes, sir. <laughs> Mostly. One time I was like, oh, you're not going to throw me out. And then he proceeded to. And I went to the car. That was early on in ministry, okay? youth pastor ministry. Um, but you know what? The bottom line was he had all the authority. So when you look at this verse and it says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule your heart, you know what that means? That peace has all the authority. So trouble comes. Sorry. Peace will trump trouble. Peace says, uh-uh, we're not going to get all worked up over that. You know, you get a, you know, the, your job's changing or, or you get laid off or something happens and all this anxiety and all this worry wants to rise up and peace says, no, no, no. We got this. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches. The righteous are never forsaken. His seeds are never begging for bread. You're not, I'm, not, I'm not bringing all that trouble up here. So that peace has the final call. So even though there's going to be emotions, even though there's going to be stuff down deep, the final call in your heart is the peace of God. It has to, it, you let the, if you let the peace rule, you're saying you have the authority to lead. You rule. What you say goes. So when peace says we're going to be okay, we're trusting God, then everything else has to fall. Everything else has to su submit itself to that. Does that make sense? All right. John 16, 33. I told you this so you may have peace in me. That's talking to Jesus. And he goes on to say here on earth there's going to be trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. He's saying, look, I've already overcome the world. So if you, you'll have peace in me. If you trust me, I know how to get you through it. I've already overcame it. So trust me. Be at peace with me. That's, that's, we do that in, in, in the natural world. If you want to learn something, you talk to someone who's done it. You talk to someone who's done that. You want to be a good baseball player? Find someone who's played baseball and learn from them. You want to be a good, I don't know why that's all I can think of. You want to be a good something else? Then find someone who's done that something else. But whatever it is, if you want to learn, learn from someone who's done it. So Jesus is saying, look, you'll have peace in me because I've already overcome the world and I can, I can show you and tell you exactly how to overcome it. 
because you have the same access to God, to the Spirit of God as I did. And because I overcome it, you can, you can put your hope and trust in me. And you'll be at peace. And that, that's what he's reminding us and telling us. Look at this story in Mark 4, 35 through 40. It's, a, it's the same. We've read this before. I'm sure you've heard it. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross to the other side. So Jesus is saying, hey, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Now, they had, <clears throat> now when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. So where's Jesus in the middle of a storm? Sleeping. Now, I've heard people talk different about this. Listen, when I slept, when I was younger, not now, but when I was a teenager, I could sleep through a storm. I could sleep through a train. Anything, I mean, you could drive a train through my room. I'm out. I don't hear my alarm clock. My alarm, my alarm clock would go off for hours. I'd still be asleep. My mom would come in, unplug it. I mean, it was just, I, I would sleep. But listen, Jesus wasn't so, so hard asleep that he, he didn't know anything was going on. Jesus was at peace. He was at peace. He could sleep because he was at peace. So it says that they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose, he rebuked to the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obeys him? So here's the, here's the thing about this story, and I, and I, and I just want to point this one thing out. Jesus in a storm was resting. For us, in difficult moments, it's possible for you to still be at a place of rest. And if you're not, then Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. So at that moment when, when Jesus was able to rest in a storm, and he's, he's totally fine. He's not concerned at all. Everybody else was. He wasn't. Then you know what? When we're at that place and we can't rest, and we're like the disciples and we're all over the place, then let's do what Matthew 11 tells us. Let's come to him. Because we have all this stuff we're processing. And you know what he'll do? He'll take that and then he'll give us rest. He'll give us rest. See, that's, that's, that's the God that we serve. He takes that stuff from us and replaces it with peace and with rest. And that, that's, what, that's what we need to access and we need to understand that. The other thing that helps us know how, do we, how can we be at a place of peace is because Jesus said this to them in that passage. He said, let's go to the other side. Jesus didn't say, let's try to get there. Hopefully, we'll get to that side. He said, no, let's cross over. In other words, he's saying, this is where we're going. We're going over there. And sometimes I think if we lose sight of what Jesus says, if we lose sight of what the word of God says, then we begin to panic when something goes wrong that we all of a sudden think, okay, this is where it ends. But can I tell you, 
when God's word says something, you can believe it. When God says, I will provide for your needs, and then all of a sudden you get this job situation that happens, or, or you, you, know, you didn't get this job, or you got laid off your job, or whatever, and you think, oh man, what's this going to be like for us? I'm going to tell you what it's going to be like. Instead of panicking in that situation, go back to what God said first. And what God said first is, I'm going to provide for you according to my riches, not according to yours. You're righteous because of Jesus, and the righteous will never be forsaken. So in other words, you're not going to go and fall and die and, and, and lose it all because you didn't get a job. Now that doesn't mean we don't do our part and go look and do all that stuff, but what it does mean is that God is faithful. And when he says something, he means it. When God speaks to me about plans that he has for my life, and then I, I get into something, I think, it's not looking like what you said, God. Then I remember, but this is what you said. When Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, and he's going up the mountain to sacrifice his son, and he tells his servants to stay at the bottom of the mountain, and he says to them, I'm, we're going up, me and Isaac, we're going up to worship. And then he makes this profound statement, but we will be back. He was told to go up there and sacrifice his son, which means he's coming back alone. But there was something in Abraham that remembered that same God who told him to do this was the God who said, there will be multiple, multiple, multiple descendants from your son. And that hadn't happened yet. So how did Isaac know? I mean, how did Abraham know that it was going to be different? Because he went back to what God said. And God said that there is going to, all this is going to come from Isaac. So if that hasn't happened yet, then this isn't the end for Isaac. Because if the end for Isaac, then God's not fulfilling his word. So guess what happened? He got up there ready to sacrifice and God stopped him, brought a ram into the thicket. And the, th and the ram got stuck in the thicket. And God said, there's your sacrifice. Go do that. He, he, he saved Isaac. And if you read it in Hebrews 11, it talks about Isaac by faith knew that he was going to, that Abraham knew by faith that God was going to spare Isaac. Or if he did die, God would raise him up because he still had plans for him. So even for you as a believer, when God tells you something and then you go through a situation, imagine being Abraham. God, you had plans for my son and now you're telling him to kill me? Like, I mean, telling me to kill him? Lord, I don't understand. That's not, how's that going to work? But see, he wasn't all shaken. He knew what God told him. And that, that was the driving force to why he said, we're going up, but we're coming back. He knew. Because of, how did he know? Not because of all this great discernment, but because he remembered what God said. That's it. And if you'll go back to what the word of God says, you'll be able to be at peace when things look like they're falling apart. But you'll say, yeah, but God. But God. God said, and that's what I'm standing for, and that's what I'm believing in. Look at 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. At the right time, he will lift you up. Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. Prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The reason I put this verse in here, if you know, that nowhere, nowhere in there does it say anything about peace, but here's what it says. That the things that concern us, we're supposed to cast it on the Lord. But sometimes we look at that verse and we just look at the one verse. But if you look before it and after it, here's what it's saying. Humble yourself and realize you can't do it on your own. 
You're not, you're not able to carry all that. You're not able to do that. Don't think of yourself that you can just handle it. You can't. Humble yourself before the Lord and recognize the real part of you that you can't carry what you think you can carry. Humble yourself before the Lord. Then it says, give all that stuff to God. Just dump it on him. Just, just let him have it. How do you do that? Just in your prayer time, just tell him. God, I can't handle all this. Kids are driving me crazy. This job is driving me crazy. These people are driving me crazy. And that's way better than saying to your kids, you're driving me crazy. You're driving me crazy. That's way better. Take it to God and just dump it out. God can handle that. God's not up there easily offended. <gasps> Easy, settle, settle. That's not God. He's like, get it out. It's fine. I can handle it. And you get it out. And you cast it on him. So, Lord, I can't handle it. I can't carry this. Remember what uh, Corinthians says, 2 Corinthians in, in uh, 12, 9, and 10. It, our weakness, his strength is perfect. So when we're getting that stuff out, we're recognized, I can't do it. And in our weakness, God's strength is perfect. So I can't do it means now he can. He'll take care of you, and he'll take that from you. The next verse says, be alert. See, that be alert isn't just for random temptations and sins in the world today. It includes that. But that alertness is you just cast your cares. You just got rid of that stuff that weighs you down, that robs you of joy, that robs you of peace, that robs you of your sleep, that robs you of your time and gets your mind going 100 miles an hour. And it says instead of just casting it off, listen, as soon as you cast that to the Lord, he'll take it from you and you'll be free. But as soon as you walk away, the enemy is going to do everything he can to just bring all that back. Because the enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy you any way he can. He wants to make, make your life just miserable. So when you cast your cares, now you got to think, wait a minute, i got to be alert because he's going to try to bring this back. He's going to try to get me back concerned about this or looking at this instead of focusing on what God has said. And that's when you got to be alert. Realize you can't do it on your own. You humble yourself. You give this stuff to the Lord. And then you're alert that when the enemy tries to bring it back, you know that's from the enemy. And it says very clear who the enemy is, the devil. That's who the enemy is that wants to ruin you of any joy and peace that you could ever have in your life. That's the enemy, and that's what he tries to do. So don't, don't let him. Be aware. Be aware of his tactics. And then Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then it says this, after you connect with God like that, then it says you will experience God's peace, which we talked about at the beginning. That's what he wants to give us. And this peace exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard our minds and our hearts as we live in Christ Jesus. God's peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the kind of peace that we need to live in every day. That when the world is going crazy, they would see us and say, how are you at peace with all that's happening? That doesn't make sense. That's when you know it's God's peace because it surpasses understanding. It's beyond understanding. If you're ever in the middle of a very difficult situation and there's something deep in you where there's still peace, that's the peace of God because it doesn't make sense. Everything's falling apart, but I'm in peace. Everything's messing up, but I'm in peace. 
How? Because that's the peace of God. It's way beyond what you can understand. Don't spend all your time trying to understand it. He's already told you. It surpasses that. You can't. Just realize, God, I thank you for the kind of peace. I don't even understand it. But it feels really good to walk in peace in such crazy times. And and, and I'm telling you, it, it makes a difference. Not just for you, for your family, but for people around you. They get a sense there's something different about that person. They have peace that no one else can access. Where are they getting that peace? Especially in a situation like this. And that peace is the peace that only comes from God. We'll close with this. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16 says this. And this is the prayer I have for me and for for y'all. That we understand the Lord of peace himself gives us his peace. That's what he's given us. His peace. At all times. In every situation. We have his peace. At all times, in every situation. So you think about those times just a minute ago when you raised your hand and said, I wasn't in peace. I felt no peace. And I'm going to tell you something, and, and I won't go deep into it because I don't think we have time. But listen, there's times where you may not even fully feel all of the peace. But there's something down in you that is at peace. Like I said, we're human. Tragedy happens, something happens, we're going to feel things. And that doesn't mean we're not in peace. But we go even deeper than that. There's going to be something that comforts us in that moment, that helps us know that we're going to be okay in that moment. And that's the peace that knows this won't take us down. This will not destroy me. This will not ruin me. Because even in the midst of difficulty, There's something down deep that I can tap into that only comes from the Spirit of God that says, I will stay in peace. I'll stay there. So I'm just going to tell you, whatever you're going through, whatever whatever season you're in, whatever challenges you have in your life, you're still going to have emotions. You're still going to have feelings. But I'm going to tell you, down deep in it, It is possible for you to have this overwhelming sense of peace in your spirit that helps when all the other parts of you are feeling something. This deep connection you have to God and to his word and to the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you to be able to say, you know what? Yes, there's something going on. Yes, this is a difficult situation. But there's something in me that knows I'm going to make it. And I have strength. And I have hope. And, and I'm not going to let the enemy rob me of my peace. And when you start thinking about that you have peace all the time, and is the enemy the one that tries to rob you of that or get you to not access it? Can I just tell you, be alert that the enemy will try. But now that you know peace follows you everywhere, peace is with you all the time, just tap into it. The producer of peace lives with you. The Holy Spirit produces that fruit. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, today just cast it on the Lord and allow the Spirit of God to just do whatever he needs to do in your life. Allow the Spirit to lead you and guide you. And I promise you will stay in a place of peace. Down deep, you'll stay in a place of peace.